it's Wednesday the 20th of December. I'm Miranda Sawyer and I know it has my name on it, but that's not my yacht. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back to Paper Cuts, the modern newspaper review, where we rip into the papers like an under eight opening their Christmas presents. We tear through the pretty wrapping, shove a battery where the sun don't shine and get to work on the contents. Then, after a while, we get bored and play with the bits that the adults thought we'd ignore, like the problem pages and Adrian Childs. We're out every weekday. We're even on during the Christmas holidays. So next week, we'll still be here, giving you a giggle when everyone else has the chronic cheese sweats and a thousand-yard stare. (laughs) Now, here are the headlines for today's show. Name and shame. US judge says that names can be revealed in Epstein case. Papers get very excited. The Times has decided who had the Riz this year, and they're so, so wrong. And the ick of it. A columnist has given us a list of what gives her the ick, and we have opinions. Welcome to Paper Cuts. We read the papers so you don't have to. Thanks for joining us on Paper Cuts, where we've already had two chocolate oranges each for brunch. I'm Miranda Sawyer, and with me today is new statesman columnist and stable animal wrangler. It's John Ellidge. Hi, John. What do you think I'm up to? <laughs> I think you're just controlling the sheep and everything like that, you know, like it needs to be done. You think I'm a sheepdog? <laughs> well, is it the hair? It's the look. <laughs> and also joining us is comedian and woman on the lookout for manger danger. Oh. It's Gronya Maguire. I'll Hi, Gronya. get you, you troublesome mangers, if it's the last thing I do. <laughs> so what do we have on the front pages today, John? I'm going to start with the depressing ones. Okay. Uh, um, uh, but, but there's a bit of lightness in both. And the Daily Telegraph, US draws up plan for strikes on, on Houthis, uh, which is about uh, Joe Biden considering military strikes in Yemen. That's mm. cheery. But above that, there is uh, the caption, 2023, the year of shamelessness, with a picture of Alison Pearson. <laughs> so that's no comment there. Uh, the Guardian, um, pressure on Israel rises as Gaza deaths near 20,000. Yeah, happy Christmas. But again, a bit, a bit of light in the darkness beneath that. Lawyer, sorry for denial of Moan's PPE firm link. The Guardian is having a lot of fun spelling out all the people who may have told porcupines about this one. Um, more, more, more joy in the Times. Elderly will bear brunt of strikes at Christmas. <laughs> well, hey! <laughs> and lastly, my favourite story of the day, it must be said, uh, a splash in the eye. MI6 security alert over flat owned by Russian neighbours. Which is a wonderful story about how, like, the Russians have uh, just bought a flat from which they can see MI6's headquarters and which has big glass windows. Spycraft is not what it was, is it? (laughs) (laughs) It's much easier these days. Uh, Gronya, what do you have? The Sun, their lead story is Andrew Grope case bombshell. And that's the news that a judge in America has said that the court papers associated with a case involving Jeffrey Epstein, which may involve references to his royal highness Prince Andrew, are going to be released in January. Mm. Very odd to see the sun reporting the news. Isn't it? <laughs> well, it's like the almost news as well, yeah. isn't it? The news that's going to happen in two weeks. Uh, the Daily Mail have a sort of depressing uh, ongoing trans panic headline. Kemi, teaching children you can be born in the, inverted comma, wrong body is harmful. And then they have a, um, a splash by Sarah Vine. Why I back Esther Ransom's call for a debate on assisted dying. So... Cheery wow. all round from the Daily Mail. Um, 
The Daily Mirror also covers the Esther Ransom story. Their headline is, My mum should not have to die alone at Dignitas. And that was a, it's an interview with her daughter. It also has a story on the riddle of British millionaire kidnapped in Ecuador, mm. which is, it's got ITV2 drama all over it. It really has, especially because he's wearing a fetching straw hat. It's got a very nice little fedora on. And it's got James Graham on speed dial these days, I believe. <laughs> and then the Daily Star, yet again, covering the stories other periodicals are too scared to go near. In between her, Jay, my monkey terror. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so great. I love Jay as well. This What's is, happened? Well, apparently James Buckley, star of In Betweeners, has confessed <laughs> to being terrified of getting mugged by monkeys. I think we're all terrified is there, of is that. Is there a specific context to this? <laughs> I don't think so. I think he's just, he's just... This is like a long-standing fear. <laughs> Yeah, I just think... It's not that he's, like, you know, been wandering around, I don't know, Peckham and, like, just thought, or Romford or somewhere like that and thought, oh, so, they might get mugged by monkeys. Uh, the actor who teamed up with his castmates in the Friends Reunited special said his it's a phobia that was developed after watching videos of macaws and Barbary apes attacking tourists. So I've noticed, actually, that neither of you have mentioned that there are two pictures of Mary Earps. <laughs> I know you're not interested in sport on the front cover of um, of the paper, so I'm going to quickly mention it. She's on the front pages. She is the goalie for uh, England women's team. She also plays for Man United. She won Sports Personality of the Year, and I'm just going to do a quick recap. It's caused some furore um, because England didn't win, mm-hmm. and the England never win. I know. <laughs> this was yeah. really Even making I know me that. Hang on, if we, I think we would have known by now. What England didn't win a major <laughs> football championship? <laughs> exactly. So the Telegraph chief sports writer says she shouldn't have won because England didn't win. I'm like, yeah, well, I mean, please. She didn't didn't win. And then the main thing that she's done, other than, you know, argue with Nike about getting a, fo- a football strip available uh, for, for her um, fans, is that she saved a penalty during the final against Spain and then said, fuck off, really obviously. And I think... Perfect. That's yeah. everything in football. You lose, even mm-hmm. though you saved a penalty, and then you say, fuck off. Obviously, she's an icon. So I think there is a fundamental problem with the idea of sports personality of the year, which is that to be really good at sport, you do the same quite boring thing repeatedly mm-hmm. to a very high standard. Yeah. It's just like, like I've, I've been at corporate events where they get like Olympians to kind of give motivational speeches, and they're not motivational at all because it's basically just, well, I kept running. Yeah, exactly. I got up really early. I did some running, and then I had a bit of a snack. There's, there's, I did some more running, and then I had a there's snack. There's one motivational speech by any sports person, which is you've just got to keep trying. And the problem is, most of us, if we keep trying, we're just going to fail, but more tired. <laughs> OK, there's also another story I feel like we should mention. This is at the bottom of the Telegraph's front page. And this concern concerns Keir Starmer's old job as a criminal barrister. So, John, where's what's the headline, actually? Let's have. Let's get that. The headline so, is Starmer helped free some of UK's most dangerous prisoners. Okay, so what is going on here? I wanted to do forty-five minutes on this, <laughs> but no one would let me. Um, so what is going on is is it's a slightly it is a slightly unhinged story, uh, which talks about how between nineteen ninety four and two thousand and seven, while uh, was uh, while Sakir was a human rights lawyer, um, he took on eighty four cases. And he acted for, quote, hardened criminals, terror suspects and police killers in 69 of them. Which was his job. 
It was his job. <laughs> There's a thing called the cab rank system, if you're a barrister, where you literally have to take the next case. Yeah. Now, oddly enough, the people complaining about the possibility of the human rights being violated at this level of the legal system are people who have been convicted for something. Mm. So, like, it's not really that surprising. What is going on here is that um, in, in 2021... Lord Ashcroft, remember him, published uh, Red Knight, the unauthorised biography of Sir Keir Starmer, which basically just sort of runs through all the newspaper clippings relating to his career and uh, talks about his record as a barrister and just link, uh, just lists all these cases he took on, uh, some of which do sort of, you know, sight unseen, have some lovely details, in, like the one on the front page of The Telegraph today uh, involves uh, getting an arsonist out of prison um, on the grounds that uh, it, was a, it was a technicality, the technicality being that the Home Office was trying to keep him in jail after the end of his sentence. So basically, like the right-wing media is going to be using um, Ashcroft's book, which is described as the attack Bible, to find a bunch of attack lines on Keir Starmer uh, for the next well, year, I imagine, probably beyond that. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, what Rishi Sunak was doing uh, while working at Goldman Sachs and hedge funds before politics mm. uh, is, is not getting any sort of attack. The weird thing is, like, none of this is new. None of this is exclusive. It's been out there since 2021 in this book, but was out there as news before that. But the right-wing press is quite happy to run it because it's an attack on a Labour leader. Now, let's consult our lawyers and redact every other word because we're going to talk about a legally touchy story that's on the front page of two of the papers today, The Sun and The Metro. This is the story that a US judge called Loretta Preska, great name, has ruled that it is OK to unseal documents that will name 177 currently unnamed people who were Epstein's friends, recruiters and victims. The names will be revealed on January the 1st, though as that's a holiday, it will probably be on January the 2nd. John, what is going on? So this all relates to a defamation case that was brought by uh, Virginia Roberts. I'm using her maiden name because I can't pronounce her married name. Gifra. Gifra. Uh, I'm going to stick with Roberts. So she brought a uh, defamation case against Ghislaine Maxwell, who was Epstein's accomplice in 2016. That case was settled, but the Miami Herald newspaper has sued to get the documents made public. Uh, the judge has said, "Yep, yeah, we can we can do that because some of the some of the unnamed uh, does, as they're being described rather unnervingly, have already outed themselves in the media. Um, those include the housekeepers on Epstein's private island in the Caribbean. The others who haven't been named yet have 14 days to object to documents relating to them being made public. So some of them are going to be spending a lot of Christmas with their lawyers. Very much so, I imagine. And the papers are having quite a lot of fun guessing who they might be. Yes, well, very, very, yeah, I mean." The mail, actually, I, I read the, the mail story this morning and they're going through what they call the Doe's. Basically, this is John Doe or Jane Doe, which is the name that's used if you don't name anybody. So they call them the Doe's. And they have named, I mean, because they're all numbered, they have named Doe 3, 4, 5, 24, 23, sorry, 23, 24, 67 and 154. <laughs> Just in one article. And that includes basically the housekeepers at the island, at least two accusers, a recruiter, a law professor who's quite happy for his name to be made public, and Jean-Luc Brunel, who allegedly abused many young women and who committed suicide before his case went to trial. So we can name him because he's dead. We can name him because he's dead. And also it's this weird situation where actually some people don't mind their names 
coming out because think, they're like an accuser, mm, you know. I think it very much depends on what your role is in the case. Definitely, definitely, definitely. There's um, an interesting doe who's number 162, isn't there, John? Uh, yes, so that's very likely to be... Uh, is it Yona or Johanna? I think it's Johanna, It's very sorry. Lee Miz, isn't it? She's <laughs> 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 yeah, It's adding a certain area of ro- it's an edge of romance, which I'm not that happy about, <laughs> yeah. really. Yeah. So Doe 162 is apparently likely to be Johanna Schoberg. She previously accused Prince Andrew of groping her breasts at Epstein's New York mansion in March 2021 when she was age 21. So that's going to be a difficult Christmas for the king's brother. Just to remind you that that Joanna Joburg and uh, the situation with Prince Andrew was the one where she went to Epstein's New York mansion and somebody brought out a puppet. Spitting image puppet. Spitting image puppet of Prince Andrew and proceeded to make the puppet put its hand on uh, Virginia's breast and then I mean it's just so icky I can't actually bear it and then rich people are the worst what is happening with rich people I don't know I mean they're just all appalling anyway let's let's should we turn this into a jolly celebrity story it's quite impossible isn't it (laughs) granted you you normally like celebrity stories (laughs) this is a bit grim I don't know why they haven't gone with the headline doe oh dear We could have done that, definitely. It's a, yeah, no celebrities are, are obviously named as yet, but we could call it an alleged celebrity story. You can imagine that some celebrities who might be a doe would be uh, very upset. Obviously, it's a bit like um, a pointless painting in that if you look too closely at it, it's all a big old mess. But yeah. if you stand back, you can just enjoy the celebrity aspect of it. And I know it's a little bit gross, but it's also kind of understandable as well, because I think with celebrity, we feel like we know these famous people, you know, actors or singers or politicians, but we only really know their public persona. And it's always really fascinating to 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 sort of see behind the curtains to what these people are really like and these like extraordinarily wealthy people about sort of what their lives are like compared to normal people. So I think that is sort of normal. I don't think there's anything that bad really about being curious because it's like we we feel like we know these people. So it's like people in your town or, you know, like cousins or something suddenly being caught up in, you know, what is sort of a, an extraordinary story. So I think that is, it's, we can't help it, it is like really Yeah, it's understandable. And that's what the papers are going with, really. Even though this is a, a kind of very uh, grim Mm-mm. story of sexual at- abuse of yeah. young women, that's the aspect that the papers just can't help it. Yeah. They're going to get bubbly about. You know what, I'm really sad in that, because Christmas chat with your family is can be rough and you don't want to bring up politics, everything going on in the world. A good celebrity scandal is a gift from the gods. Well, so- it's, a, it's a new Christmas party game, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, get, like, we love guessing games at Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> so this is a gift. Like if you're struggling for chat over Turkey this yeah. year, we've got an uncle who maybe posts annoying mad stuff on Facebook. Just change the subject. Like, who do you think the celebrity pedophile is going to be? Now, in other American news, too late for the papers to carry this, Donald Trump has had a setback to his presidential desires, at least in Colorado. 
John, this is mad. What is happening? <laughs> uh, so the Colorado Supreme Court has declared that Donald Trump is ineligible to hold office again uh, under what's called the Insurrection Clause of the US Constitution, which was uh, introduced after the Civil War. And it was basically like, if you've tried to overthrow the US government, you cannot be elected to the US government. Oh, somebody's found this. They've been yeah. trawling through the laws. <laughs> and they're like, oh, this is a good one. But there is hilariously some debate as to whether or not that applies to the presidency. <laughs> So, like, this is this is a ruling by the Colorado Supreme Court, which overturns one by a lower court. Uh, it now might be overturned itself by the Supreme Court um, because they 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 rule a lot of them are appointed by Trump, and most yeah. of them are appointed by Republicans. Uh, so it's possible they're going to turn around and go, "Well, actually, uh, this was a political ruling, not a sort of unbiased reading of the Constitution." So that's one question: Is the Supreme Court going to uphold it? Uh, the other question uh, posed by by uh, Michigan law professor called Richard Friedman is like, does the court make a nationwide determination that Trump is ineligible? Or does it merely say a decision like Colorado's is justifiable and leave it to the states? In which case we could see other states coming out with the same ruling. I do think there is a thing though, like Colorado is a fairly safe democratic state these days. It does seem likely to me that if a state Supreme Court is minded to bar Donald Trump from running, they are likely to be states he was probably not going to win anyway. But it does suggest that 2024 is going to be a fun old year for the US Constitution. Isn't it? Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, I mean, it may not lead to anything, but it's a lot of uh, kind of interesting hoo-ha. Can we say that? I think we can definitely say that this is interesting hoo-ha. <laughs> I think that is a technical term. <laughs> Now, as we're approaching the end of the year, the papers are full of the end of the year roundups. Um, and in the Times 2, there is one that has decided who had the Riz in 2023. We've had a look at this list. I've had a look at it online where it's even longer. Yeah. Gronje, do you agree with anyone on this Riz list? Because I have problems. I mean, it's it's something we all debate around this time of year, isn't it? Who has Riz, who doesn't have Riz? <laughs> Would anybody like to explain, for those who might not be familiar with the term, what Riz involves? OK, so Riz was the word of the year, John, and it means it's basically short for charisma. So if somebody's a bit like, oh. you know, they've got a bit of kind of zhuzh, you know, you, like, you, you think they've got something sassy about them, yeah. they've got the Riz. Are any of us on the list? Obviously, all three yeah. of us are there. <laughs> You've got a little pep in your step, yeah. twinkle in your eye. Yeah, exactly. If you can Riz on text, <laughs> then you're, you're away. <laughs> so their list is, I mean, it's not good, is it? Okay, so I'll give you some highlights. So the hot equerry, very much in inverted commas, from the coronation, he's got Riz. Who he's could just ask? got epaulettes. I mean, he's not got Riz. <laughs> he's got cheekbones, baby. <laughs> and that's Riz uh, nowadays. Florence Pugh. Yeah, that's the, fair enough. The iconic English actress. Especially when she's got no hair. She's very Riz then, I she's, think. When she's a... Florence Pugh walking... Yeah, she's I great. just love Florence Pugh walking, holding a drink yeah. is uh, what we all aspire to. Angela Rayner. That's the one I agree with. Angela Rayner definitely has got Riz, I think, you know. She's got great girls' night out energy. Hasn't she just, yeah. Oh, but then there's a few controversial ones that I certainly have uh, problems with. Amal Rajan apparently has Riz. He now, has this not. Is, this is my issue with this guy. He is very much TV's Rita Ora. Mm. in that we were never given a choice about whether he was famous <laughs> or not. And it makes me so angry. It's like, he's famous. The deal has been done. Yeah, <laughs> Nowhere, everywhere. So he apparently has Riz. No, wrong. Ah, okay. 
They've also put Krishna and Guru Murthy because um, from Strictly, which is incorrect because anyone from Strictly has got the Riz. It's Bobby Brazier, obviously. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. Like, that's just wrong. It's flatly wrong. And they've also said Disco Keir Starmer, which is no, incorrect. Oh, it's so embarrassing. It's really embarrassing. Online, they did have one person on the list who I completely agreed with, but they haven't put it in the paper. And it is Gwyneth Paltrow at the ski trial, which yeah. was Epic. That was her moment, I have yeah, to say. Yeah. She was it was dark Riz. <laughs> <laughs> I think they should change the rules of the Oscars so she could be nominated for her performance in that trial. <laughs> <laughs> what did she say when she left? I, I wish, wish you well. <laughs> It was her moment. She was absolutely brilliant. So, look, do we have, I mean, are there, I mean, this, to be honest, this list, I'm sorry, Harriet Walker, you know, you have written very well about fashion over the time, over the year, mm -hmm. but this is not correct. So, who are our Rizzers of the Year? Do we have any? I've got some. Am I allowed to say, I mean, this is, this is going to be controversial. Am I allowed to say Nadine Dorries? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's allowed. Yeah. I mean, she's 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 awful. Yeah. Her politics is dreadful, but man, she can walk the world around her in a way that is very very compelling. She's yeah. very compelling, and yeah. she's also provided a lot of fun, hasn't she? Yeah. She's provided so much fun. Yeah. yeah. Just like it was a really boring Friday in Westminster, and suddenly she's like, "I'm standing down because they want to give me a peerage." <laughs> the energy of that is amazing. I know, and all the and all the stuff about her book, which is absolutely brilliant. Her spy bits. Yeah, yeah. she was she was definitely. Have, Full you, of have you seen her this week? She's on Twitter demanding to know why Michelle Moan is in the House of Lords. Oh, this is excellent. She's so great. She's like she's like your mum's mate. Yeah, mm. isn't she? Is mm. the one who's kind of like slipping your booze when you're 14. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And, uh, asking who you're shagging. So she's great. Yeah. Yeah. Giving you really bad love advice. Yeah. <laughs> she's great. Who would you say is your Rizza of the year? I think now I've been inspired. Mm. I'm going to say Kemi. <laughs> I'm going to say my girl Kemi Badenoch oh agent God. of chaos I'm not sure about Kemi I don't think she's got any charisma whatsoever actually I think I... she's just intensely serious and boring wow. but I just lo I love you just never know where opinions are going to come from what angle she's she turns up the energy in the room. Yeah, she definitely makes people scared. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, what about um, Captain Tom's daughter? I mean, I have to say, mm. she definitely, she appeared quite a lot in the show. And I'm saying it's because of her amazing charisma. <laughs> <laughs> and the other one, the only other one that I, th I would agree with in the, um, in the Times list is uh, Prince Louis. I mean, I realise yeah. this is a bit weird because he's young, but I just quite like the fact that anyone who doesn't care has got the riz, I think. Yeah. And he just doesn't care. His mum is really trying to make him care. Yeah. And he doesn't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> and I say, go on, Prince Louis. Is there a sort of opposite of riz? Because there are some people who are not only not charismatic, they're so anti-charismatic, they make other people less charismatic with their presence. Are you going to say Keir Starmer now? I was going to say Dan Wooden, actually. I just think, like, <laughs> anyone around that man gets less interesting. <laughs> well, they get interesting in the wrong way, don't mm -hmm. they? And I thought of someone also who suffered from what an excess of what he thought was the riz. But it wasn't. And that is Luis Rubiales. Do you remember him? He's the one who snogged half of the uh, Spanish football team. Do you remember oh, yeah. him? Oh, yeah. Holding the face. That was like he thought he had the riz and he really didn't. Oh, I'll tell you who did, though. The yeah. guy who broke out of that prison on the bottom of the van. Oh, oh, yes. He had riz. Yeah, riz master. He had riz. <laughs> Rizzing all over the place, yeah. 
And we've just got a story coming in. In fact, we can call it breaking news. <laughs> this is about what is it about? It's about the risk of penile fractures rises at Christmas time. What's the fractures of those? Penile. Penile. <laughs> <laughs> This injury tends to occur during wild sex, particularly in positions when you don't have direct eye contact. <laughs> the fractures are often heralded by an audible crack. <laughs> followed by severe pain, rapid loss of erection, surprisingly enough. Yeah, because you broke it. <laughs> When uh, patients present to their doctor, their penis often looks like an eggplant. Whoa! Is that where the emoji comes from? Is that actually some kind of threat? (laughs) Oh dear, oh dear. So be careful out there, guys. (laughs) Oh, and just some warning. The average age for sustaining such injuries is 42. Fuck me! John. <laughs> now, here at Papercuts, we love a brilliant headline like we love a red-nosed reindeer. There's not many of them around, so we know they're special and we like to show them off in front of everyone while going, see, see, I told you they were great. So what about today? Are there any Rudolphs out there? John, what do you have? Before I get to the headlines, I would like to note that today's page free girl, Georgina, 27... <laughs> Says she can't wait to get her big coat back on. (laughs) So stop standing in the snow in your pants! (laughs) But it's festive. Her pants are festive. They're red. (laughs) Anyway, headlines, onto headlines. Uh, Sue Pollard, who everyone uh, older listeners may recall as uh, having become famous in the 80s sitcom Heidi High as the character of uh, Cheeky Peggy, Uh, apparently when she does panto, she goes out to be as mean as possible. She's told the Daily Star, I relish it. If they don't boo, I scream and call them useless. I wind them all up. It's fun being mean to them. If no child is carried out crying, then I've done a terrible job. (laughs) Oh, she's great. (laughs) Uh, And the headline, which is less great, I'm going to be honest, is Cry de Cry. No, that's great. That's from start to finish. Brilliant story. Mm. Excellent headline. (laughs) Can I just say, I once stood behind Sue Pollard at a supermarket (gasps) self-checkout. What did she get? Um, I don't know what she got, but she was wearing an amazing silver puffer jacket. She's cool. Showbiz. (laughs) (laughs) What else do you have, John? The other headline I've got makes no sense whatsoever. Well, I was warned before before starting this segment that they weren't great today, and I can see I can see what our producer means now. Apparently, boffins hunting for aliens have had a twenty minute chat with a whale. Researcher or something. Researchers <laughs> claim to have had the exchange of a humpback whale named Twain. But why is the why, <laughs> why is the whale relevant? Uh, they believe that the marine mammals could hold the key to developing non-human communication methods and technology to use to speak to arriving ETs in future. Okay. Uh, anyway, the headline is "Hi, is that ET? Phone whale." <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> what? <laughs> Just what? <laughs> E.T. phone whale. No, but it's not E.T. phone whale. If it was E.T. phone whale, it would be bad, but I would get it. It's, hi, is that E.T.? Question mark. Phone whale. What are they doing? Has everyone in the star just clocked off for Christmas early? We rely on you people. Oh, I love that story. I hope the whales are talking to aliens. But we do not, of all the people we want chatting to aliens, it's not whales. They'll be like, fucking kill human beings they're awful <laughs> maybe the aliens are, are telling them all those fight techniques <laughs> was that a really sort of unnerving sort of sci-fi story it might just have been like one of those sort of flash fictions that people write as tweets or something but like it's genuinely unnerving the idea of aliens coming to earth having a 10 minute conversation with like some whales and then completely ignoring us and leaving again that's it that's what's happened that would freak you the fuck out wouldn't oh, it that's it okay the sun. Well, first of all, I just thought I'd say uh, Undies model Alexina Graham. <laughs> also page three, right? Was bullied. Page three. Also page three. The sun. Undies model Alexina Graham was bullied for her red hair, but now says, "I have embraced it as a woman. It is a powerful part of my identity." <laughs> Good for Alexina, which is definitely a name. <laughs> And it's definitely her hair that everybody's looking at in this yeah, picture. And it's a powerful part. The colour having red hair is now it's a big thing. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, they have a story of how Fushy Pundit, Rio Ferdinand, had strength up top with a hair and beard transplant. Oh yes, he went to Turkey to to, to get it done. Yeah. Headline is On me head and me chin, son. <laughs> <laughs> So bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dearie me. Uh, they also are covering, also in the sun, a uh, big story about a lap dancing club opposite a church can open at every Cheltenham race meeting despite widespread opposition. Headline is under Starker's orders. Oh, that's, oh, that's quite good. <laughs> that's really good. Also in the Times, very close to the Riz article, Carol Midgley has used her column to announce what has given her the ick this year, which I completely agree with. I think it's a good idea for a column. Quite right, Carol. So there was a survey of modern workplace icks, which I have a feeling they're not using the word right here, and they found yeah. the most irritating habits to be indoor vaping, wearing headphones all the time, and bragging about cold water swimming. These are not icks, they're just boring, <laughs> aren't they? Okay. I love the way you get to, like, the first two, it's like, okay, we can deal with that, and you get to the third one, it's like, you hate a very specific person in your office, don't yeah. you? Yeah, it's a very specific <laughs> middle-aged woman, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> okay, so what has um, Carol been saying, Gronya? Well, again, and we have discussed this, I do fundamentally disagree with the thesis of her column because what she's described, it, it's a bit like that Alanis Morissette song, It's Not Ironic. Mm. You're like, none of these things are ironic. So she's using the phrase the X, which we all know was created on Love Island to describe an irrational feeling you get where you suddenly don't like somebody anymore, but there's no real reason for it. You have got... The X. Mm. So what she's written is just a list of things she finds annoying. Yeah. Which is not X. But she said um, just like annoying things that people do at work, like having haddock chowder in their packed lunch. When people say, I need to get my steps in rather than saying, I'm just going to go for a walk. 
um, when people use too many exclamation marks. Uh, she said specifically in sympathy posts, which... <laughs> So sad. And then three exclamation marks. It does just look like they're taking the piss after a while, doesn't yeah, exactly. it? You're not sad at all, you enthusiastic bastards. Um, when uh, British people say mom instead of mum, yeah. the phrase reaching out instead of I email somebody. She says women over 30 wearing tutu style skirts. That's a bit anti fun. Oh, God. Grow yeah. up, Carol. <laughs> I quite like Carol normally. I have to say, there's one thing that she said gives her the ick, which I actually really, I find very, very endearing. And it is someone who sings the wrong lyrics to a song with great confidence. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that's ick at all. I think that's entirely endearing. Go for it. That's what I say. It's very curmudgeonly, this thing. Okay, Carol, you know what gives me the icks? People who think being grumpy is a personality. It's not. You're not Larry David. It's not as interesting as you think it is. Just being mean. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. So, look, I think we should have a think about what gives us the ick. I mean, one of the things we could say is using the word the words the ick or indeed riz when you're my age <laughs> so I'm giving myself the ick even talking about the ick it's like not right it's not right really so I have two problems with the sort of listing things that yeah. give me the ick one yeah. is that I think this is a debate that is very gendered yeah in that I think it reads differently when men start complaining about things they find annoying than it does when women do it mm-hmm. yeah and the other which sort of cancels the first one out is that none of the things I can think of fit Gronya's definition of X they're just <laughs> things I find annoying go on then what are they <laughs> people who can't punctuate <laughs> so you you agree with Carol? You don't like the the too many exclamation marks? Or just like you know, like people who don't know what a fucking semicolon does. It's just like it's the least attractive quality in the world. I've got some icks. What are your icks? Umbrellas. <laughs> I can't stand them. I hate them. Anyone who has an umbrella is giving me the ick because I just think okay. I think two things. I think hat or hood. Yeah. There you go. Then you can just get on with your day and you don't need an umbrella. Umbrellas just genuinely give me the ick. And a lot of jeans give me the ick. Oh. A midwash jean, no, that can give me the ick, especially if they're combined with shiny, pointy shoes and mm. they've got a bit of a kick at the bottom. Kick, you know, do you know what I mean? Boot cut jeans. Oh, bo- oh my God. Gail Tilsleys, that's what I call them. Yeah, they definitely, I mean, literally, actually, it's giving me the ick right now, <laughs> even thinking about it. <laughs> What about you, Gronya? Oh, well, these things don't give me the ick because I think there is a rational reason why they're really annoying. <laughs> I can't bear. Okay, uh, gift shops. <laughs> you can't tell me. You, uh, uh, if I buy something, it's up to me whether it's a gift or not. <laughs> Every shop is a gift shop. <laughs> and I buy a plant and I give it to you that doesn't mean Tesco is a gift shop <laughs> it drives me up the wall I decide whether it's and then um, no offence but British people who say Gaelic instead of Irish as in to describe the language because they always do a real pause like oh do you speak Gaelic and they seem really pleased with themselves and I'm like Gaelic is a branch of language like Latin nobody speaks Gaelic you speak Irish that's it Latin was a language though (laughs) okay well bad example (laughs) nobody speaks bloody I don't know 
whatever branch of language. Indo-European. Indo-European, thank you. But it's always that little pause and smug. And I don't understand. It's like Irish is easier for you to say. So why do you go, no, I'm going to say, do you speak Gaelic? <laughs> oh, God, yeah, I've got the ick already. That's really terrible. And I've just got two names that I'm going to throw into the ick. You ready? Yeah. Paul Hollywood. Yeah. Oh. And Chris Evans, the DJ. <laughs> Ick, masters. <laughs> People who do podcasts. Yeah, they're pretty okay. Oh, it's very much up. up. Yeah. I'm David Baddiel. I'm a writer and a comedian and a Jew. I'm Saeed Avasi. I'm a businesswoman and a politician and a Muslim. Jews and Muslims always seem to be in the news or on the news. Lots of people talk about us, and this is us talking about ourselves. The kind of things that people say don't touch, we are going to go there. I mean, I think Jews and Muslims are talking about these things, but I think they're not talking about them together, because they're worried that if they do, sparks might fly. A Muslim and a Jew go there. Find us wherever you get your podcasts. And that's the end of today's Paper Cuts. Thanks to John. Thank you. Thanks to Gonya. Happy Christmas. And if all that Christmas spirit's gone to your head, then why not treat yourself by joining the Paper Cuts Supporters Club? Just £3 a month gets you ad-free episodes and extended editions, plus the chance to get your hands on some highly covetable Paper Cuts mugs and T-shirts. You've worked hard all year and you deserve an extra special luxury gift. But you might not get that, so why not become a Papercut supporter instead? Just go to back.papercutshow.com and follow the link in the show notes. You know it makes sense. I've been Miranda Sawyer, and you've been listening to Papercuts on a day when the mail reveals that Taylor Swift's latest love affair with American footballer Travis Kelsey has generated 138 tonnes of CO2 in just three months. They must be at it like rabbits. <laughs> See you on Christmas Eve. Papercuts was presented by Miranda Sawyer with John Elledge and Gronya Maguire. The group editor was Andrew Harrison. The executive producer was Martin Boytosh. The managing editor was Jacob Jarvis. And the producers were Liam Tate, Adam Wright and me, Alex Reese. Socials by Jess Harpin and Kieran Leslie. Christmassy music by Simon Williams. Art direction by James Parrott and Modern Toss. Papercuts is a Podmasters production.